Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jackson Young, and I'm your host of the Unlimited NFL Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Owen. Owen, uh, did you enjoy uh, watching the conference championship games this weekend, AFC, NFC? I did, Jackson. Uh, it was a great conference championship weekend. We have our Super Bowl matchup set. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs of the AFC and the San Francisco 49ers of the NFC, the Ravens and the Lions going home. Super Bowl is a rematch of these these two te- excuse me these two teams played each other in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. four years ago so it is a rematch of that game although they look different this time around very exciting um, and I'm very and I'm excited to look back on uh, two very noteworthy games that happened last Sunday mm-hmm. yeah it, my my initial thoughts on uh, the games that we saw this past weekend are uh, both good games you know. Uh, Lions should have won, if mm. we're honest. And they few few little decisions here and there, a few little plays here and there that really cost them. Um, a bunch of drops, drop passes, and uh, coaching mismanagements, if you could say. Uh, and we'll, I'll get your opinion on on those things once we get to the games. But uh, the first game uh, we're going to talk about is the Chiefs and the Ravens. And I'll, I'll start off on this one. Start off talking about it. Uh. You have the Chiefs. It was seventeen to ten, right? The final score. Yeah, Chiefs won seventeen ten. Yep. Uh, very to me, a very very surprising result. Um, kind of, I should have saw it coming. And you, you were really onto something in, in the preview when you were talking about, oh, the Chiefs' defense is going to give the Ravens some problems, different matchup. Uh, and they really really did that. And wow, that that defense had a whale of a game. And just really, really handled that that Ravens offense. And in the second half, the Ravens offense was kind of getting something going, um, and they were making somewhat of a comeback. But even then, like, every time that the Ravens would be getting something going, you know, they'd make some mistake, like, say, Flowers uh, dropping the pass or whatever. Um, just little things here and there that I, I think the Chiefs' defense was just a different look for them. And – uh Lamar played well I'd say he played well he didn't have his best game but he was not the reason that this game ended up being the way it was in my opinion um so I mean props to the Chiefs I mean they're the Chiefs for a reason um you know I should have seen it coming I just was falling in love with the Ravens just personally and wanting to see them push through and they didn't do that and that's just that's just too bad for them because they had a really good, really, really, really good year. Um, I guess like I still think if I had to say, I still think the Ravens have a better team than the Chiefs. You know, really? Um, okay. I still think they are. Um, yeah. I think the Chiefs just happened to catch them at a good time. Uh, I, I just think at a ten times, I think the Ravens win six times. Okay. Um, and the Chiefs won four. That kind of thing for me. Uh, I I just I'm giving the the Chiefs the proper due here, but I just think this is one of those games where the better team did not win. Um, you probably gonna disagree with that. Kind of similar. I mean, to a degree, kind of similar to when the Bengals beat the Chiefs two yeah. years ago in the G. Yeah. Yeah, you can run with that if you want. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Do you have any more thoughts, or do you want me to give like my kind of analysis of it? No, well, I one more little thing. Did you did you see that whole Justin Tucker pregame thing? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, I, I honestly put that on Justin Tucker. I mean, yeah, 
because Mahomes said something on the inner on the radio yesterday where um every time you know they warm up the, the opposing team's kicker is on the other side of the field yep. and the only times that's happened is when they've played in Baltimore and Justin Tucker kind of does that to I guess like get under their skin um obviously did not work because the Chiefs won the game but <laughs> I don't know like I I just think the whole thing was I, the Ravens the reason the Chiefs won this game, I agree with you. The Ravens were the better team throughout really the entire season. They were better in the right. They were much better in the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. But the Chiefs won this game because they've been there and the Ravens haven't. You know what I mean? This iteration of the Ravens, they this is the biggest game they've played in. And I just think they were just rattled with all those personal foul penalties. They were trying to get in the Chiefs head pregame. Uh, there was multiple skirmishes pregame. Justin Tucker oh. among one of them. Um, like there were many moments of the rate the Ravens had in this game where they just like it did it was not the team that we saw this year, and you could feel that like the pressure of the game got to them. Mm-hmm. And as for the Chiefs, I mean, look, I think we're it's noteworthy to point out the Chiefs are going to their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. They have a chance to win their third Super Bowl, which would cement themselves as a dynasty. Um, I I, I would agree with that. I think once you win three Super Bowls in a certain number of years, you're a dynasty. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, there there are like this era uh, of the 2020s. They're that that version of the Patriots. They are. They really and are. They'll fully cement themselves if they win this game. If they beat the 49ers in mm-hmm. a little, little over a week, I just think the reason the Chiefs won this game is experience. Like I just think Lamar Jackson. I slightly disagree with you there. I I thought was he the was he the biggest reason the Ravens lost this game? I don't think so. Um, That's what just, I said. He, he had probably his worst game of the year and the biggest game of the year. And I think the chiefs defense definitely had some effect on that because the chiefs defense is the biggest reason they're in the super bowl. We will talk about Mahomes and Kelsey mm-hmm. and they did their thing, especially in the first half of that game, but the chiefs defense has been the driving force of that team all year. And it is the re and is what they, they held this Ravens offense one of the highest scoring units in the league to 10 points in their own building. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logarius need made an unbelievable play a championship level play on Zay Flowers to force a fumble out of the back of the end zone. Um, even some of the role players like Dion Bush, like who's heard of Dion Bush getting that interception off of Lamar Jackson, which I feel effectively sealed the game. Um, the team that's been there won, and that, that would, that showed um, the chiefs are on an unbelievable run right now. And there's been times this year where you and I just kind of like, we're, we're kind of ready to bail on them. Like they had some bad losses down the stretch. Their offense was just so inconsistent all year. The receivers were, let's put it honestly, just not great all year. And we're like, yeah, the Chiefs, we don't really believe in them in the playoffs. And here they are. They're in the Super Bowl. Um, Wouldn't you know, we should have known better. I should have known better. Um, I think when they they lost that game to the Raiders, we just kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. It's just not their year. And, well, it very well just might be their year once again. Um. Another thing in this game, like Lamar Jackson's going to win MVP again. Um, do you think like what needs to happen for the Ravens for them to get over the hump with him? Like to finally get, cause it's very similar to Josh Allen, like two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, both from the same draft class, but despite all their success personally and all their talent, they've never been to a Super Bowl. Um, we, and we had a similar conversation with the bills, like for the Ravens, like, what needs to happen? Because I don't know if they're going to have a better chance than they had this year. Oh, 
what needs to happen? Wow. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say that Lamar needs to move on. No, because, absolutely not. No, no. Because, but I feel like people are going to go right to that. Like Lamar is this time is here is done and uh, it's just not going to work and all this stuff. I feel like that's what the fans are going to say, but I, I can't put my finger on it right now. Um, what the problem is and why they can't break through. Um, I, I think they, they have the players to, to do it. They have talent. They have, wide receivers they have um i guess their running back room is kind of weak in terms of like a big name guy maybe they need to go, go out and get a big name running back like derrick henry like derrick henry type um yeah i think the loss even though he's older but yeah i mean he's definitely better than an upgrade over gus edwards i think the loss of keaton mitchell their yeah. speeds for running back really hurt them in this game yeah they're right yeah they're running that their running back depth was suffering a little bit um as the season wore on, that's going to happen with teams getting hurt and getting bones, bumps and bruises, you know, but I, I, I guess like, if you really think about it, besides like Lamar and Mark Andrews, they don't have a lot of big name guys, like a lot of big name playmakers. I'm not mm-hmm. counting Odell Beckham, who's in his thirties. I'm not counting no. flowers. He's young. Um, I'm not on counting- offense, on offense. They have some of yeah. those guys on defense. Oh but- yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more, Purely on the offensive side right now, because defensively they have uh, a top five unit in the league, no doubt about it. Oh that, yeah, and they, they played. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton might be the best safety in football. He was all over the field on Sunday, yes. and they have the best linebacking unit in, in the in the NFL. Yeah, Smith and um, Queen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm purely thinking offensively. Offensively right now, I just they gotta draft young. They gotta trade old. You know, uh, they gotta find a puzzle piece here and there that's going to fit just right in that offense to propel them a little bit more. And they're a high scoring offense offense. Don't get me wrong. I just, in these big games, you know, they're, they're just missing a piece here or there. I think, I think that's the issue to me. Yeah. I would tend to agree. I think they need one more punch to their offense because like, like you said, like they, they were good offense, but like in these big, in these type of games, when you play a defense, the caliber of the chiefs, you need more than Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews, who, let's be honest, was probably playing at like 50% on Sunday. Yeah. You need a little more than that. Um, so I think that should be the priority for Baltimore this offseason. Um, they had an unbelievable year, but comes to a very disappointing end, not even getting to the Super Bowl as the one seed. Um, just final thoughts on this game. The Ravens' game plan, uh, I didn't agree with. I think I, I thought they should have run the ball a lot more, but. Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense did a great job of stacking the line, which forced them away from running looks. So I can understand why they passed so much. Yeah. It was just a tough, it was just a tough game. And look, the Chiefs, they're they're inevitable. They're they're just like <laughs> you can't when you want to put them away, here they are. Um it's very yeah. like it's very similar to those Patriots teams of the 2000s and 2010s. All right, so that does it for the AFC. Chiefs represent the AFC for the fourth time in five years. And let's move on to the NFC side where the San Francisco 49ers, who, like I said, the Chiefs played the Super Bowl four years ago, won that conference. Not, It wasn't totally surprising that they're the NFC champs because they were probably the best team in the NFC, uh, especially down the stretch. But it did not always look that way. Um, the way this game against the Lions is going, they're down 24-7 at halftime. 
And I said to myself, are the Detroit Lions really going to go to the Super Bowl? And then the second half happens and the Lions 17 was 17 point lead went away faster than I could blink. Uh, It was tied by the third quarter at the end of the third quarter. Um, So the 49ers made a great comeback. I don't know if it was, I think it was some combination of the Niners making a comeback and the Lions just kind of, you know, peeing it away. Uh, Overall, it was a great game. Um, Unfortunate for Lions fans. Um, Jackson, I'll give give your thoughts on this game first, then I'll kind of go into my analysis of it. Yeah, I... I gotta be honest. I didn't turn on this game until the start of the second half because I had something else going on. Yeah, uh, I, I was looking at the score and like on my, my friends' group chat, we were talking about it, and everybody's like, "Oh, the Fortnite's are done and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Just wait. They they can make a comeback." And what do you know? They made a comeback, and they have the they have the offense, they have the offensive weapons to make a comeback like that. So you know, yeah. you just know in the back of your mind, they're not panicking. Uh, they're co- they have the right coaching staff to deal with that kind of thing, uh, poised players, all that. I think while it was impressive that they made a comeback, I think the Lions missed some opportunities. I agree. That led to some momentum, some, oh, we got some energy now, like yeah. type things for the 49ers. Um, I, think the, I think the major turning point – sorry to interrupt. The major turning point – was it was 24 so the, it was 24 7 in the half the Niners get the ball they kick a field goal it's 24 10 and if you're a Lions fan like you're not feeling too bad it's like all right we'll take we'll take that the Lions get the ball they're driving me down the field again mm-hmm. um they're in field goal range and then Dan Campbell as he's done all year elects to go for it they don't get it Josh Reynolds that got through a very catchable pass to Josh Reynolds that he dropped um and when that happened I'm like oh that might come back to bite the Lions and I knew the 49ers were going to win this game when Brandon Ayuk made that absolute circus catch off of Kendall Vildor's helmet, uh, leading to a Niners touchdown. The very next play, Jameer, like, and I just think that play just kind of rattled the Lions because their first offensive play after that, Jameer Gibbs fumbled. Uh, and then just like that, it was tied. Um, but the biggest criticism of the Lions in this game has been directed to Dan Campbell in his fourth down decisions. Um, like I said, that one in the third quarter. And then there was one where they were trailing 27, 24, they could have kicked the field goal to tie the game. He goes for it. They don't get it. And that really kind of was the nail in the coffin. In my opinion, mm-hmm. what's your take on this? Do you agree with Campbell? Like he was aggressive all year. You don't stay away from your coaching philosophy or uh-huh. what have you taken the points and given yourself a higher probability of staying in the game and possibly winning the game and going to the Super Bowl. All right. So I'm with you on the former there. Um, he's done this the entire season and has not changed. Why change it now? Um, very, He's a very aggressive play caller, a very aggressive coaching style. He goes for it on fourth down because he trusts his guys to make plays. And it's not on him, you know, when he tells his team to go for it, that his plays, players didn't make the play. Um, he is responsible for the coaching decision. And to me, I agree with it. I would have done the same thing. I always, me personally, uh, unless like, unless the lines were at home, maybe then you, you kick the field goal because you have the home crowd, you have 
maybe a little bit more of a fallback than when you're on the road. When you're on the road, like teams tend to go for the win more. They go they go for the punt, the final punch, the final knockout. Uh, all those cliches that you hear of. So I agree with it because imagine if they had converted, you know, then they could have scored another touchdown, touchdown, and they'd be up by ten with, you know, however much time there was remaining. And then this probably we probably would not even be talking about this. Um, they probably would have gotten the win. So uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, bottom line is the players didn't make the play. That happens. Uh, they're human. They're not perfect. So. I agree with it overall. What's your take on it? It's really tough because, like, that's what he's done all year. And like I said, Josh Reynolds should have caught that pass. Um, I think the first one I agree with. They're up 14. You go for it. You you try to, like, step on the throat. Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. The second one in the fourth quarter when they were down three, I think you got to kick it there. you got to kick it and tie the game. Um, because yeah. if the Niners scored in the ensuing possession, which they did – it, they, they'd go up just one touchdown as opposed to 10 points, effectively putting the game out of reach. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, I'm split. The first one I agree with, you, you have a lead, you go for it. They didn't make the play. The second one, I think you've got to kick in that situation. And the rationale that people are using is like, they didn't really trust their kicker. And then that, that I present the question, why is he on the team then? Like, if you don't trust him to make a 48 yard field goal, I feel like he, you should have a different kicker out there. He shouldn't be on the team. Um, so I, you know, it was a tough loss for the lions, but I just think the Niners, like they're a resilient football team and they, it showed against the Packers and it showed against the lions in this game. That's why they're in the super bowl, their second super bowl appearance in five years. Uh, I kind of felt bad for uh Jared Goff in this game though. I, I, there's a few plays he would have liked to had back, but I thought he played great. I thought his teammates let him down this game. I thought, you know, they're drop passes. I think there were three drop passes. Um, yes. Obviously, Gibbs fumbled. Defense was bad in the second half. Uh, so I thought Goff played more than well enough to win to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, the other quarterback in this game, the talking point, Brock Purdy. Um, man, what a story uh, Brock Purdy is. The last pick of the draft last year. Uh, came onto the scene last year as a rookie. Got the Niners to the NFC Championship game, but got injured in that game. Couldn't really play against the Eagles. And here he is uh, going to the Super Bowl um, as just a second year player. Um, what's your take on Brock Purdy? Do you think he's, because I think there's some people that doubted him throughout the year. Like, is he really that good? Or is it just Kyle Shanahan and all the weapons around him? Um, obviously we'll see how he plays in the Super Bowl, but just getting to the Super Bowl is a huge accomplishment in my opinion. Um, what's your thoughts on Brock Purdy? And do you think, are you a believer? And do you think he's, the, da- the doubters should be silenced about him. Uh, so I've oh, my stance on Brock Purdy has always been kind of lukewarm, kind of like hot and cold. I, it kind of yeah. changed the week. But now, like, you know, yeah, people say, oh, well, without all of his weapons, he wouldn't be Brock Purdy. He'd be average, uh, yeah. which could be true. But that could be said for a lot of teams, a lot of quarterbacks. Um, if you take away all the weapons, I mean, that's just common sense when football, like yeah. the weapons are not be as good as they are. Their weapons make them look better and they make their weapons look better. And that's the same thing with Brock, same case with Brock Purdy. Um, you know, that he's got a lot of tools in the shed, uh, to work with, but I mean, going, if you look at where he came from to where he is now, I don't think anybody would have thought that he would have taken his career this far and, 
made it this long. I, I feel like most people thought he was going to be a one-hit wonder, like one-year starter. Someone's going to beat him out. Trey, at the time, Trey Lance was his backup, and everybody wanted him to be the guy, and he just couldn't stay healthy, and then he got traded away um, to the Cowboys. So, I mean, look, the 49ers have nothing to worry about when it comes to their quarterback position for a while. Um, that's the bottom line. I feel like we're going to agree on that. Uh, they're not going to be drafting a quarterback, nothing like not, not going to be trading for a quarterback. Um, so I, I feel like they have their guy, they had their starter uh, until further notice. Um, yes, he's had his bad moments. Every quarterback does. Uh, but I look at it similar to like where Brock Purdy is. It's kind of like I kind of see him and Jordan Love like on the same trajectory, uh, if you agree with that. Uh, yeah yeah kind of like very talented quarterbacks obviously jordan loves more talented but uh playing very well um you know young guys um and they, they, they've grabbed a hold of their room and their respective team and they've shown that uh they can lead their team to victories that you may not think may happen and like i said Brock, Brock has had his uh, his blunders and his bad games. He had the four interception game versus uh, uh, the Ravens. The Ravens, no Christmas, yeah, yeah. But you got to understand who that's against, and and all those other factors. And um, you know, I just I think that he's a very very solid quarterback. He's he's like to me, he's like a top fifteen quarterback in football. I agree. Yeah, I think he's talent and how he plays, not as complicated. His yeah, oh yeah, and in this particular game, like, like I mean, he showed that he could play from behind. And you know, he got a few a bit lucky. I mean, Vildor probably should have picked that interception off. Ayuk made an amazing catch, but like, I think the most impressive part about him in this game was his scrambling, his ability ability to avoid sacks and run for crucial first downs, which really won them the game. I mean, that one play where he spun out of a sack and then threw a nice pass to uh, Kyle Juszczyk on the sideline. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not making those plays. They're 49ers, former quarterback. Like, Sam Darnold's not making those plays. I mean, Brock Purdy showed that, you know, he is an upgrade over who the 49ers have had under center in the past and why they're in the Super Bowl. Um, It will be interesting to see how he plays against the Chiefs defense because the Chiefs defense is much better than the Lions defense. Um, but this idea that Brock Purdy is just some random guy that got carried by this all-star team. And it, it is true. The 49ers have the best roster in the league. There's no disputing that. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius who, you know, makes quarterbacks lives easier, but this idea that he's just a guy that's along for the ride, I, I think is ridiculous. I mean, I, he led two game winning drives against my Packers and against the lions or not wasn't game winning drive it was a come from, come from behind victory. Uh, he is ability to, he has the ability to make plays out of structure um, and he's the 49ers guy. Like he's their franchise quarterback. I think, um, I mean, I, he was first in like every statistical category this year. I mean, I, I don't think you can do that if you're just some random quarterback, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I just think um, he, he was a major part of the Niners success this year. And the idea that he's just like, um, you know, a plug and play quarterback, kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo was. I, I don't agree with that at all. And if he plays well in the Super Bowl on February 11th, 
that'll make those past claims look even worse. Um, so two great games, tough. I think for the lions, I think it's huge. They're getting Ben Johnson back their offensive coordinator. I think they can be good next year. Again, I don't think this is a one-off thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, like, I don't know if they're going to have a better opportunity than that. So it'll be interesting to see how they do next year. Um, they have a good young nucleus, but that, that, that loss is going to sting for a long time in Detroit that they had that game and they just, they just fumbled it away. Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell after game said, "This have may this have, this may have been our only shot." That's what he said. It very well, might have been, and um, I mean, I'm glad he was honest about that. Um, and it's the reality of the NFL. Yeah. Um, but with that said, barring injury, like, like I said, big, getting Ben Johnson back was huge because he was the biggest key to their offensive success. Um, I think this could be absolutely be a playoff team again next year. I don't think just, I don't think, I don't think they're like a team that has one random good season and then just kind of fades away. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm in agreement there. Um, they, they should be able to, they, sorry, they should be able to repeat, uh, you know, a good amount of their success that they had this year. Uh, making it this far in the playoffs is obviously not very easy to repeat. Uh, and it's yet to be seen if they'll become like a Chiefs dynasty or something like that. Um, I don't anticipate that, but <laughs> but I don't know, man. It'll be it'll be interesting. Hopefully, I mean, as a Packers fan, it'll be. I think it's between those two teams for the NFC North next year. Um, yeah, the Lions had a great year. Um, I think much better than anyone could have anticipated. I kind of was up and down on them this year because, like, I think they're good, but I don't know how good. Um, well, they were pretty damn close to going to the Super Bowl. So I'd say that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a quick, like really brief look at the Super Bowl game. Um, and next week we are going to give a full preview and prediction. Um, but uh, just kind of like, I guess we can like each give our like opening thoughts and analysis for this game and, and what we see. Uh, if you want right. to start Owen. So Chiefs 49ers. Um, I think, I think this is a from a football standpoint. I think this is a really entertaining matchup because I think it's the best team in the NFC, the 49ers, against. I don't know if the Chiefs were the best team in the AFC, but they were definitely the team that's the most Super Bowl caliber based on their experience. Yes. Um, the biggest matchup in this game, and we'll get much further into that on uh, oh, in a week. Biggest matchup in this game is how the 49ers offense against the Chiefs defense, because the 49ers, like I said, they have the most talented offense in the league from a skill position unit. But the Chiefs defense, the, the Chiefs defense is literally not giving up 30 points once this year. The most points they've allowed in a game this year is 27. Um, yeah. So we'll see how we'll see how the Niners offense does. We'll see how Brock Purdy does in this game, because I don't know if the last the only great defense that Brock Purdy played this year was the Ravens defense and that game didn't go so well for him. Um, so it'll be, it'll be a challenge for him. Uh, it'll be a challenge for Kyle Shanahan to like scheme. Um, I actually think I actually have confidence in the chiefs offense in this game against the Niners defense. They've given up a lot of yards and points. These two playoff games. Um, I'm not going to give my prediction who's going to win, but I think the determining factor will be, can the Niners offense function against the, uh, the chiefs defense? Yeah, that's an amazing point. And another another matchup that I'm thinking about is 
the matchup of the quarterbacks, Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. And I'm being honest, I could I could easily see I could easily see Brock outplaying Patrick. Um, not saying that's what's going to happen, but I could see that happening. That's not mm-hmm. how I'm all of the possibi- possibilities if things go smoothly for the 49ers. Um, having said that, I do think that Mahomes is going to do everything he possibly can to keep them in the game at least, and it's going to be a close game. Uh, we've seen the Chiefs and the 49ers match before the Super Bowl in 2019. Uh, I think it was 2019. Um, it was 2019, yeah. Yeah, um, and the Chiefs won that, of course. Um, but it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Uh, um, you know, two good defenses, one very good offense, one average offense uh, at this point. Um, I'd say I'd say the Chiefs have they're an above average offense, and they've okay. been very they've been better in the playoffs. But they're obviously not as good as San Francisco offensively. No, yeah, yeah, by a mile. Um, it, the 49ers have shown consistently throughout the season the kind of team that they are, and the Chiefs have been up and down. Uh, this has been a quote-unquote down year for them, but even in a down year, that they're making it to the Super Bowl, which is crazy. Uh, that's what you get with the dynasty. Um, uh, I think I, I'm a Patriots fan, so all those years that uh, the Patriots were going to Super Bowls, I mean, I, I couldn't say that they really had a a down year. They were always amazing and always good. I, I don't know what their overall record is in the 2010s, but it's got to be yeah. crazy, something crazy. Um, but I think yeah. the year the year they beat the Rams, which was their last Super Bowl win, with their regular season that year was very similar to the Chiefs this year. Okay. Um, and the, yeah, but besides that, like I said, I think the regular seasons were they were all like 12 wins, 13 wins, like amazing yeah. regular seasons. That that's the mark of a very very high quality team in the NFL is when you're getting to that. 12, 13, 14 win mark that mark, you know, uh, that we're used to seeing the 49ers now have and then and the Chiefs as well. So uh it should be an interesting game. Um definitely gonna be uh in tune with it. Um so yeah, it should it should be a good matchup and I look forward to previewing it uh fully next week and giving my prediction. Yes, me as well. Um all right, so to close out uh, this week's episode, there has been all but one coaching vacancy has been filled. The Washington Commanders are the only team yet to hire a new head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jackson and I are going to rank our top, what we think are the top five head coaching hires this cycle um, based on team need, based on, you know, projection moving forward. Um, Jackson, you want to go first you, or do you want me to start off with this? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I'll go from uh, bottom to top. Okay. Uh, top five. So my number five is my good old Patriots hiring Gerard Mayo, uh, who is a, a Bill Belichick, former player and disciple. Um, I, I think it's a solid hire. I, It's not like blow your socks off type of hire. It's not, you know, I, I don't really have the high of expect, expectations for him. Um, I just think it's a good hire. I mean, he 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 played on the defensive side. Uh, he's got to bring a defensive background because Bill Belichick uh, coaching tree, very defensive-minded teams. Um, so I think it's a solid hire overall. Uh, number four is uh, Dave Canales for the Panthers, um, former offensive coordinator for the uh, Buccaneers. 
which the Buccaneers had a very successful season on the offensive side this year, uh, went above and beyond expectations on, on that side uh, specifically. Uh, when you think of the Buccaneers, you kind of think of more defensive-minded uh, teams with their head coach being a very, very good defensive coordinator, uh, Todd Bowles. So uh, I think it's another good hire, uh, not flashy or nothing like that. Um, you know, Panthers fans are just punch drunk at this point um, with coaches. and, and we Yeah. That. So they just need a guy to come in and stabilize things uh, and just – get the program going in the right direction, if anything. So uh, number three, to me, I think is a very, it's, I think it might be a little underrated in my list, to be honest, um, but it's hard for him to jump the two guys I have in front of him. It's Antonio Pierce for the Raiders. Um, yep. He he was the interim head coach when uh, um, uh, Josh McDaniels got fired. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, players coach, his players are going to follow what he does. What he says because he just has that gripping you know mentality of where when he speaks you're going to listen um and guys like like i said like playing for him and they seem to when they when he was the interim they seemed to like all of a sudden like it was almost a like weekly like flip of the switch type thing and you saw guys like uh adam Devonte adams like when he was coaching he finally was getting the ball he's finally getting targets uh their running game got going. Their defense was playing lights out towards the end of the season. I mean, they were a very, very good unit at the end of the season. And that has a lot to do with him. And I think it's a very – I wouldn't call it a good hire. I'd call that a very good hire. And that was the only option for them, in my opinion, besides yeah. Jim Harbaugh, who I have in my list. Um, so he, he's a good a good coach to have there. And I, they have a bright future ahead as long as they, you know – Got to get the quarterback position draft figured good. out. Yeah, I'd say draft good. I don't know if Aiden O'Connell is the answer there. I um, think I know. I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to be their starter next year. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, number two, I have. Sorry if I'm going a little slow here. Uh, number two, I have Raheem Morris for the Falcons. Um, I thought about moving Antonio Pierce above him, but uh, I think Morris like is a good hire. Um, better than Arthur Smith was not setting the bar high, but I, uh, you know, when he was in charge of the Rams defense, the Rams defense was respectable. It wasn't a great defense. It was very respectable. Um, they were always hard to score against in the red zone. Um, he just has very, a very good defensive mind for some reason. And I just think it's a solid hire. He's a guy that's been on the brink of getting a coaching job for a while. Um, and this is his time now. And, you know, I think the Falcons are another, another team kind of like the Raiders where the right coach at the top and the right leadership, they're going to be – they're a very solid – they could be a solid team. You know, he's in division, a division where it's not super competitive. I mean, maybe competitive is the word, but it's not super top-heavy. It's not like he has to, you know, run through the Chiefs. You know, he's got to run through the Saints and, and the Bucks. Um, So – and the Panthers, of course, but they're not there yet. But uh, – very good hire, in my opinion, for for the Falcons there. Um, and finally, my number one choice, the obvious choice for me, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, uh, yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this was almost when the Chargers fired Staley. It was almost right on the wall that this was going to happen. And he was, in my opinion, the, the best candidate out there besides Pete Carroll, uh, who has not been hired to this point, I believe, right? No, he's not. Yeah. And so 
Jim Harbaugh don't need to talk too much about it, but brings a wealth of experience from both college and the NFL. We know that he succeeded in the pros in the early 2010s with the 49ers um, and that the run that the run that they had there. So this per, this uh, team is in very good hands, much better hands than was before. I mean, come on. Um, so uh, they're going to be with with Harbaugh at the helm. I think they're going to be playoff contending next year. So contending. I'm not going to say they're going to make it yet but they're going to be in a much better position than they were this year, in my opinion. So a plus higher there. All right. Well, you said a lot. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I need to do much recap. So I'm just going to give uh, my top five uh, very similar to yours. So I have, I have Raheem Morris at five. It's the same five guys, but it's a different, it's a different order. Um, actually scratch that. I have, I have someone that you didn't have. So I have Raheem Morris, the Falcons at five. Like you said, um, if they missed on Bill Belichick, I think this is probably the next okay, best yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, easy division. If they get the quarterback situation figured out, I think they could definitely win the NFC South, which just continues to be a disaster every year. Um, four, coming in at four, I have Antonio Pierce to the Raiders. Um, I, I, like I said, I think the, the players love him. I don't know if the Raiders will be any good next year just because – We'll see what they do at quarterback, but I think he has definitely instilled um, a winning culture there. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do next year and interesting to see what they do at quarterback. And like I said, the defense was playing their butts off for him. Um, if you remember, I mean, the last their last Chiefs lost this year on Christmas, they embarrassed themselves against the Raiders. Um, the Raiders defense really stepped up when Pierce took over and we'll see how they do for a full season next year. At three, I have Dave Canales to the Panthers. I think this is big for Bryce Young um, to see if he can bounce back from what was a disappointing rookie year. Um, the Panthers aren't exactly, you know, like I said, they're a really bad football team, but I think Canales is a guy that he's a really good quarterback coach. Uh, I think he can get this offense improved and at least have them, you know, competitive next year. I don't think they'll be good. I think they're years away from that, but I think, the Panthers could be a team next year where you look at them like, yeah, you know, they're not good, but like we don't love playing against them because they'll play hard. They'll put up good effort. Um, yep. So at two, I have something that happened today. Mike McDonald to the Seahawks, the Ravens defensive coordinator. To me, this is a home run hire, especially when you're in a, a division with Sean McVay and the Rams, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers. I think you need a good defensive mind to kind of combat those offenses so I, I really like this hire for Seattle. Um, and I think he can get that defense playing really well next year. Cause I actually like some of their defensive personnel. I think they have talent on defense and I think Mike McDonald could utilize that well. And I, I agree. The best coaching hire is easily Jim Harbaugh with the chargers um, man going from Brandon Staley to Jim Harbaugh is a pretty <laughs> massive upgrade. And I think this, this is what Justin Herbert needs. Uh, Justin Herbert needs a great coach like this to, um, get himself winning some more games, getting to the playoffs more. And he can do that with a better coach. And well, he got a better coach. So there's my top five coaching hires of 2024. We'll see who the commanders hire. Um, I don't know, but that's my list as of now. Yeah. I missed the boat on Mike McDonald. I completely forgot about that. I would have replaced yeah. him with Rob Mayo, but yeah, I mean, all pretty good hires, you know, the one, I, the one hire that, I'm not so sure about is probably Dave Canales right now because 
he doesn't have any the, experience. The one that kind of was a bit of a head scratcher was the Titans hiring Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. Uh, he didn't call plays with the Bengals. Um, I'm always concerned when people, when offensive coordinators who don't go, call plays get hired, uh, yeah. we'll see how it does um, with, you know, I'm assuming Will Levis will be their quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that thing goes. Um, that, that was the one that I looked at. I was a little confused, but overall I thought it was a pretty good hiring cycle. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I think in all these teams definitely upgraded the head coach position, except for maybe the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, but trying to follow Bill Belichick's footsteps is going to be pretty hard. Uh, yes, I would say so. There, I wouldn't say, you know, coming from a Patriots fan, that there's a world of pressure on him. They like him down there. They, they, they he's one of the, you know, their sons, like in a quote unquote figure of speech, they're, uh, what's that? Sons, sons of, uh, like, like kind of how Scott Frost was a son of Nebraska. Like, you yeah, know, they revere him that down there. So, and I don't think, look, I think most people realize the Patriots are probably going to have a rookie quarterback next year. Like, they're not expected to win many games next year. So, if they stink next season, like, barring them being like, you know, two and 15, I think they can go five and 12 next year. And like, it wouldn't be the end of the world because, I mean, what's the expectation for them realistically? You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, no, not definitely not to make the playoffs, but, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so do you have any uh, final thoughts as we head into uh, Super Bowl Sunday here in a couple weeks? Yeah, I mean, this one more game this season of the 2023 season. Um, very excited for it. Uh, flew by. It really did. Season always flies by. Um, but I'm looking forward to previewing the Super Bowl and uh, watching the Chiefs and the 49ers square off on February 11th. That's going, to ra- that's going to wrap it up for the latest edition of the Unlimited NFL Podcast. It's been uh, fun talking football with you guys, and uh, thank you to everyone listening. We will see you next time.